Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Eurasian Americans. And we are in May of 2021. And so we want to wish you happy Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, or APAM for short. And before we get started, I want to acknowledge our March uh, guest host, Tiffany Huang, and our April guest host, Marva Shi, as they spent the last two months with you uh, sharing some amazing Asian American stories. It seems like the world has changed so much in the last two months uh, since we last talked. And, and I want to shout out our, our two guest hosts because they're the guests that they've had on the last two months um, have been so amazing. And, and their stories that many stories that I probably would have missed, uh, given my blind spots and, and limitations in my own network to Tiffany and to Marva. Thank you uh, for making this show amazing. And from May, uh, for now, I'm back in the host duties, uh, sharing with you a little bit about what is going on with our show and within our community. Uh, this week, we're going to be hearing from some amazing friends through the rest of the month. And today, we don't have a guest. I just wanted to share with you a little bit of history about APAM. There's so many of you that are joining us uh, in our Dear East Americans journey uh, for the first time listening to this episode, um, as we have been lucky and blessed enough to get press and new listeners. And so welcome to the Asian Americans. We share Asian American stories rooted in our origin story and identity journeys. And if you're just joining us, you're in luck because you can go back to uh, the 110 episodes that we have produced so far, all with guests and all in interview format that will share with you a little bit more about our very unique and amazing Asian American stories. Uh, before we get started, I do want to acknowledge the COVID crisis that is happening in India. Uh, so many of our listeners, so many of our friends and colleagues and classmates have family in India who are suffering from a COVID outbreak that is really hard for us to understand here. And so there are many ways to help if you can. Uh, Give India is a platform that I recently learned of that is doing great work in helping to collect uh, dollars and to distribute them to organizations in need. If you see something on the internet, please do your research and read about it. Uh, share about India and what is going on to your networks. We live in an era of us being in our own echo chambers, and we can't always assume that our friends know what we know when it comes to global events. And so our thoughts are with our brothers and sisters in India as they deal with a catastrophic rise in, in COVID cases and in deaths. And uh, it is really difficult to read and to process, uh, particularly given all that we've been through as well. And uh, sending our thoughts to India and our friends from India today before we start the show. Since the last time I hosted this show, or since the last time I was on the show as, as a guest back on March 2nd, it seems like our community has changed forever. In bad ways, and also in some good ways, Atlanta happened, Indianapolis happened, and in between, more lives have been lost through senseless acts of violence and hate crimes. According to Pew, 8 of 10 Asians say hate crimes are rising. They feel like hate crimes are rising. Stop AAPI Hate reported almost 3,800 hate crimes reported to their organization. And according to the same Pew Research report, about a third of Asian Americans say they fear getting physically attacked when they go outside. The crimes are real. And the fear is real. And COVID is still real. And we've had to manage with all of that which has been a very, very tough thing for us to process. Um, I know many of you are still grieving. I've had a very hard time processing 
Atlanta, Indianapolis as it was happening, uh, feeling almost voiceless and powerless, uh, particularly in, in the light of COVID in our inability to stop these things and feeling that we should do more and that we could do more. And so for those of you who have uh, found us in the last couple of months uh, on here on the Asian Americans, uh, we, we thank you and uh, just am so glad that you are taking an interest in hearing about and learning about our Asian American stories. There are some folks that I want to acknowledge uh, in particular as we talk about the last, not just the last two months, but uh, this ongoing crisis, our journalist friends and our friends in media who have really uh, helped us understand from the front lines, risking their own lives, uh, making sure that we get the stories to make sure that we understand what is going on. And in so many cases, share the stories that only they can, because these are journalists who look like me and you. These are journalists who can get people to talk and to trust. And it is so hard for some of us in our community, and rightfully so, to not trust the police, but also the media as well. And so to our friends in the journalism world from the Asian American Journalists Association, an amazing group of friends and uh, colleagues led by Michelle Lee at the Washington Post, Dion Lim of ABC in San Francisco, Seifan Kim, ABC in New York City, and Wajia Jang from CBS News. Thank you. Thank you so much. All these friends were recently recognized by Goldhouse as a part of their A1 program for being the best uh, in their industry and in their field. And they have done some amazing work. It's not been easy for them. Uh, they are tasked with the job of sharing and covering these news stories and getting messages and DMs and requests to share this and look at that. And they've done such an amazing job. And uh, to all these friends, thank you so much. And we really hope that you're taking time to heal and to rest um, as you go, as, as the road is long. Uh, to my friend Benny and Kier of Neck Shark, thank you so much for doing what you do. Uh, without Neck Shark, I don't think many of us would ever find out about half the things going on in our community. And over the last year, your team in particular has worked so hard, night and day, without much thanks, in covering the stories and to amplify the stories that need amplifying. Benny's been a guest on this show before. And we look forward to having Kier on the show soon. And, and that team has just been really, really amazing. And outside of APAM and outside of what has been going on, uh, we have also seen the great rise and the uh, abundance of online communities that have helped us find homes and find friends uh, during the pandemic in a digital virtual world. So to Brian Maggie of Asian Hustle Network, uh, to the gentleman over at Jackfruit, to the team over at Asian Creative Network, and to Carl and the crew at Rise. Uh, thank you so much for putting in the work to create a home for so many of us during a time where physical connections have been so hard to come by. And so it's May, and let's talk about APAM. Uh, APAM is a month that we celebrate here in the United States, and APAM we've been celebrating for a little while. And the history of how APAM came into place is not widely known, so I'd like to share a little bit of that with you. It was originally started as Pacific Asian American Heritage Week um, at the request of then-Representative Frank Horton in 1997 of New York, uh, who introduced a joint resolution to proclaim the first 10 days of May as Heritage Week. 
And in the same year, uh, Senator Daniel Inouye introduced a similar resolution uh, in the Senate. And so, unfortunately, neither passed. A year later, uh, Representative Horton introduced another motion, and we proclaimed the week, which was to include the 7th and 10th of the month during the first 10 days of May in 1979 to serve as Asian Pacific American Heritage Week. It passed both the House and the Senate, and it was signed by President Carter. And so in 1979, we celebrated the first Asian Pacific American Heritage Week. And so why was that part of the year chosen? Um, and it was to commemorate two big events, two key events in Asian American history. One was the first Japanese immigration to America, uh, widely known to be May 7th of 1843, and to mark the anniversary of the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad, uh, the majority of which was built by Chinese workers, Chinese immigrants, on May 10th of 1869. Uh, that's how we started. Every year we celebrated it. Um, it wasn't written into law that it would be celebrated annually. And it wasn't until 1990 when President Bush uh, made it into an annual celebration. And it wasn't until a year later when the same uh, representative, Frank Horton, put forward the motion so that we would make the month an annual tradition. And so we've been celebrating what we know to be Asian Pacific American Heritage Month since 1992. And so that's the history of APAM. And so, you know, let's talk about Asian Americans. And I know that it's an identity that many of us, including myself, have adopted in recent times. Um, I, for one, have identified primarily as a Korean American for the most of my immigrant life, uh, which started when I moved to the States when I was eight years old. It is widely believed to have started in 1968 in Northern California as a group of Asian American students gathered to show support for black students at San Francisco State, uh, better known as the Third World Liberation Front, uh, in a fight to have ethnic studies represented in their curriculum. And so since then, we've been using this word mostly as a political uh, alignment, uh, not much as a cultural identity, um, but it is a term that we now know it to be our identity as Asian Americans that is so diverse and so complex. So as we know, Asia is large and it's complex. Uh, in population Asia overall, it's about 57% of the entire world, four out of seven, and encompasses about 30 or 40 different countries, religions, food, languages. It's very complex. Add the Pacific Islander component to it, and we are very, very, very complex and very diverse within our own groups. Uh, so much so that it is actually my personal belief that we should uh, separate and have the celebration separately for the Pacific Islanders uh, because their cultures and their histories also matter. And it is not possible to celebrate all that. Um, our show, Dear Asian Americans, focuses on the Asian American narrative and the stories that at least I understand as my own lived in experience. Um, but the Pacific Islander, the native Hawaiian stories are some things that I continue to learn about and will probably do a better job uh, covering them here on the show um, as we evolve as well. Uh, but Asian Americans, as we are in the States, are about 6% of the population. Uh, that number is actually expected to grow significantly. And that was done by a study by Pew Research. And right now, uh, we're at about 23 million Asian Americans, and it's supposed to grow to about 46 million uh, by 2060. Sounds like a far away. It'll be here before we know it. And so our, our population is steadily growing. Uh, we are also expected to be the largest immigrant group in the States. And as I'm sure you've heard through various stories and various reporting, 
we're quickly growing because I think it's uh, part of the organic growth of the population here, but also people continue to move here. And so Asian America is a very complex and diverse group to talk about, as we mentioned, even though uh, from a stereotype and a generalization perspective, when we think about Asian America, we often think of a bunch of East Asians. Um, if you Google Asian Americans and go to the image tab, you'll also see that Google agrees with us that they show generally East Asians um, when we look at Asian Americans. We have to actually look at where uh, the diversity of Asian America comes from, how we immigrated here, and how that plays into the model minority myth, how that plays into so many of the things that we deal with as a community. And so the majority of the Asian Americans who are here, or the Asians that are here in the States, in fact, about 85% of Asian Americans fall into one of six ethnic groups, Chinese, including Taiwanese, Indian, Filipino, Vietnamese, Korean, and Japanese. Uh, and the bottom 15% make up so much of the rich diversity that we I know about Asian America, particularly in the Southeast portion of Asia. And you have to also understand and study a little bit of history on why different groups came to the United States. Some have been here a long time. Others were motivated by student visas, work opportunities, particularly in the STEM fields. Others were here through transracial and transnational adoption. And others are here out of the refugee settlement program because of wars and because of foreign military acts, uh, some of which is actually America's doing. And so if we look at what happens to Americans here, Asian Americans here, once they get here, you'll also see a vast difference in the levels of college degree attainment, in income, and the poverty rates for various communities. So uh, I won't go into it too much here, but I encourage you to check out uh, the most recent report that was done by Pew. Um, and we're probably going to have a discussion on that more in depth uh, later in the month or potentially into June uh, with some of the folks who've done that research. So we're really excited for that. Um, and all these conversations and, you know, I've had the great fortune of not just leading the Asian Americans and just like media or podcasting company, but I've had the great fortune of having this conversation about the Asian American experience at work and at school with companies and schools across the country. Uh, we talk about these things and even for Asian Americans, and especially for folks who are not of the community, when I share these statistics, when I share this data about the rich diversity of Asian America, the disparity that exists in college degree attainment, in wealth and in income, uh, it shocks everybody. I think so many of us have even internalized our own belief in the model minority myth, in our own belief of the myth of meritocracy, that we sometimes forget that Asian America as a whole is so diverse and so rich. And if we dare say that we are an Asian American anything, if we want to advocate for Asian Americans, we have to mean all Asian Americans. So I ask you, as you do your research, as you celebrate APAM, and as you talk about your own histories and our own cultures, think about what it means to be all of Asian America. Uh, it is very rich and it's very complex. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised of all the things that you will learn about us, as I have been. And so I encourage you and invite you to join us in May as we continue to celebrate the often untold stories that are from our Asian American community. Uh, we're very excited to launch a brand new partnership tomorrow on May 5th as a content partner to share untold Asian American stories. And we are so excited to begin this project for the month of May uh, with this new partner. And so keep your eyes on our Dear Asian Americans Instagram page and you will see 
a teaser video. And on Thursday, we're going to be starting to share uh, stories of seven amazing Asian Americans through photos and through words to share their rich experiences of stories that we often don't get to hear, even here on this show. So I'm really excited to uh, share that with you all in the coming weeks. Throughout the rest of May and into June, I uh, look forward to hearing unique perspectives and Asian American stories from our healthcare heroes, uh, those in the media uh, and the news business uh, mentioned earlier. Uh, we'll probably have somebody from the Pew Research team come and share more about their research with us and fellow storytellers and so many more. Uh, really excited to share more content with you. And we will be doing a little bit more of storytelling in the form of uh, what is going on in the current space. Uh, I know for the better part of the last year and beyond, we focused on personal storytelling, um, but we do find it uh, our, our duty and our you know job as well to share about what's going on, particularly in light of all that's happening in our community. So uh, we'll be doing that as well. Uh, also, I'd like to acknowledge that May uh, is also Jewish American Heritage Month, and there exists intersectionality of Asian folks who identify with the Jewish faith. And also, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I know that we often talk about how difficult it is to talk about mental health in our community. And I want to encourage folks to take time to learn and to process however you do that in whatever space that makes you feel comfortable. And as we go through all that is happening in our community with hate crimes and with COVID and with everything that's going on, let's not forget to take time to celebrate our successes and to celebrate the joy that we experience not just in our achievements, but just being us. Uh, we are experiencing an evolution in our community, a growth in our community. And though we are here through unfortunate and not so great circumstances, we are being heard for the first time at this magnitude, for the first time ever. And so let's sustain the energy and let's figure out how we're going to take this energy and to keep talking about Asian Americans, keep talking about our experiences, and to ask our allies to continue to advocate for us. In the last couple of weeks, uh, we've seen three Asian women win Oscars and to be celebrated on the world's biggest stage. We've seen the release of a trailer for a Marvel superhero movie with Simu Liu called Shang-Chi. And I, for one, am so excited that I can buy badass Asian action figures for my kids so that they can grow up believing that Asians can be superheroes too. And as we continue to celebrate APAM in May, I encourage you to support and continue supporting your local Asian American owned businesses, both online and in person. Tip well at those restaurants. They've had a rough year. And if you're able to uh, take care of them, read Asian American books. Uh, some friends of ours have written books in the last year that I would love to share with you. Uh, Laura Hong has a book called Edge. Gorek Eng has a brand new one called The Unspoken Rules. Margaret Chin authored a book called Stuck. And some OG authors that we love in our community, Erica Lee, Helen Zia, and Jane Hyun, have written fantastic books, not only about the Asian American experience and history, but some about our work and our uh, place in corporate America. So I encourage you to uh, read books if you can, listen to books if you can, watch the documentaries. Uh, there is the PBS Asian Americans documentary that was series produced by former Dear Asian Americans guest, Ramey Tajima Pena, uh, that I believe that PBS will make available for free all throughout the month. And most importantly, 
continue to share our stories. Whether you do it through a podcast like we do here, whether you're writing out Instagram captions, or whether you're finding spaces within your own school, work, or community spaces, share our stories. Your story matters because it's your story. There are billions of us. Every one of our stories is so rich and unique, yet there is a resonance to something about our stories that makes us feel a little bit less alone. As I mentioned before, this Asian American identity is new to me. It's a growing identity, and it's something that I am growing more and more proud of and more and more emboldened to be my primary identity. As a child who was born in Korea, moved to the States at age eight, I often identified as Korean American. I was raised to dislike certain groups of people. I was raised to have immense pride in my own Korean self. I wasn't necessarily taught as so many of us were being raised in our own immigrant communities. I think about the grand Asian American experience as our own, even though our ethnicities, our languages, and our cultures were a little bit different. But as we sit here today in 2021, at the inflection of what Asian America means for all of us, and particularly for our children and our grandchildren, I invite you to embrace the Asian American identity. Because going forward, it will require the unity and the solidarity and the power of our combined voices to advocate for ourselves, to advocate for our friends, and to ask for all of humanity to support us to create a future where we can all feel seen and heard, and most importantly, feel safe. So I hope you're off to a great start in celebrating Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, wherever you are. Um, I hope that your companies and schools are doing something. Um, if not, it's not too late to get a group together, uh, to ask for support, and to plan something. And this time, really celebrate Asian American history. Bring in speakers, have the tough conversations, learn something. I understand food is a great part of our culture, but sometimes we shouldn't stop there. We should really take this opportunity to share not just Asian American culture, but our deep, rich history. So thank you for listening to today's episode. It is an honor uh, to be your host here on Dear Asian Americans. There's a lot of exciting things happening uh, here at the podcast and our company, and I cannot wait to share that with you. As a final reminder, if you do not follow us already, Please follow us on Instagram at Dear Asian Americans. Uh, we'll be dropping something tomorrow on May 5th and something special on May 6th. So uh, thank you so much. It continues to be an honor to share our stories and looking forward to sharing even more with you in the coming weeks and months and years. Signing off on episode 111 of Dear Asian Americans, this has been your host, Jerry Wan. And as we always do, we wish you health safety, and happiness.